Hello. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Welcome to Sh- I'm watching, I'm watching a, a movie. movie. A quarantine episode part uh, number three. Three, yeah, number three. So we're watching uh, a you pick. And the most you pick it could probably ever be. <laughs> watching you've got mail. The only reason why I haven't done you've got mail in the past is I was very under the impression that you had seen it. I maybe told you that so I wouldn't have to watch it. The lies. <laughs> I can't believe. I, I thought in the past you said you had watched it because you lied to me. Um, well, I'm excited for it. It's not too, too long. It's no. longer than it should be, I will say. It, it def- I, there's no way this movie is supposed to be uh, uh, two hours long. There's, like, this def- is- there's definitely a third act that you're kind of like, okay, let's get... Uh, we'll, we'll start watching it. I'll explain when I think that it kind of could have been edited, but I do understand what she's doing in terms okay. of like telling the story. Uh, you want to start it? Mm-hmm. Okay, Let's start on three. And, and go. <laughs> go. All right. Okay. Uh, oh, that's a dial-up sound. Yeah. Oh, Alex, get ready. <laughs> I figured it'd be more fun because we could just make fun of old technology. Yeah, definitely old technology, but I don't think I'm people in glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did confirm the, the last. Oh, this is the dumbest title, like production credits. It's really cute. No, no, no. It's gonna. It'll. It'll stop immediately. Um, so it's oh like your the, the way it starts is it's like it's opening up a computer from 1999. Yes. Nora um, Efron. it's Nora Ephron, my girl. Okay, so I guess why is this a me pick? Um, I feel very seen when I watch the beginning of the Mindy Project because everything she says about it is pretty dead on. I think it's mm. the best romantic comedy. I don't think mm. there's anything better than like the New York feeling that it evokes, the chemistry between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It also feels a lot like New York. I guess New York with Rudy Giuliani, not the New York of the past. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. It's just so beautiful, and the soundtrack's really good too. The soundtrack's very touching. This this CGI New York is terrible. I, you know, watching it now is making me like I don't really remember this part, but um, it, it immediately fades into real New York. FY, FYI. Okay. Take, so this okay. So this song, the puppy song. So we love the soundtrack so much as a kid. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I've talked about this in the past few episodes. Me, my shared best friend Natalie with my sister we did a lot of music videos and we would do dances and stuff mm-hmm. and Natalie is staying at home now I guess because of because of the quarantine and Dave she Chappelle sent me a video this? yeah Dave Chappelle is is uh Tom Hanks's like like assistant he's really funny <laughs> and Greg Kinnear okay uh, <laughs> I don't like Greg Kinnear that much um I did a music video to this song when I was I guess mm-hmm. 10 yeah <laughs> or 9 and she just filmed it and sent it to me, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good content. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just organizing my windows right now so I can watch and talk to you. So, here's the deal. This is the New York of, like, your fantasy she lives on. I want to say, but I could be wrong. I feel like she lives in Carrie Bradshaw neighborhood-ish, which is the <laughs> Lower West Side. Mm-hmm. Like I think she's near Bleecker. I want to say I could be. I, I could be very wrong about all of this. I do like that in your head. There's the Carrie Bradshaw dis- district of New York, where it's just like <laughs> because 
because her, her brownstone is so iconic, Alex. And they did film in front of a real brownstone. <laughs> because, um, because this is a pretty uh, New York's the fifth character. <laughs> New York is the fifth character of this. This is pre-sex in the city, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is like this is like her Manhattan. Okay. If, without a pedophile storyline. I mean, that is the center of Manhattan. <laughs> no, but Manhattan is like a love letter to Manhattan, and this is Nora Ephron's love letter to Manhattan. Because she really didn't do any other movie set in, in New York, even though she's quintessentially New York. Because Sleepless in Seattle is set in uh, Seattle. Uh, I, I would love for... Every time it's like <laughs> Seattle or like Philadelphia, or any of those movies, I'd love for it to be like every single one set in like New York or Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> so, and then Julie Julia said, I guess Julie Julia set in New York and Paris, but it's set in Queens. It doesn't fucking count. Okay. Um, <laughs> you become a Manhattan purist so fast. <laughs> yeah. You're a I rich was, lady trapped in a poor lady's body. Oh my God. Sometimes I think about that. <laughs> Sometimes I think like, I must eventually have to make more money because my tastes level is too high. <laughs> yeah, you got to settle down. All right, so uh, what's happening? She's okay. she's so she's pretending that she's just good. okay. So right now, Meg Ryan, she's dating Greg Kinnear, and he's a real like anti-tech person. He's like really right, self-righteous. Like writes for the Observer, loves typewriters and shit like that. And so she just was pretending that she was like gonna lay about in bed because it's her day off. But really, she's get, she's having an emotional affair online with some random guy in a chat room, and that <laughs> random guy is Tom Hanks. Mm. What are the chances? <laughs> and so this is our introduction to Tom Hanks and how they speak to one another. It's it's very. Um, it's very, you know, romantic. It's very poetic. Oh, and, and, and Tom Hanks is dating Parker Posey, and she's pretty freaking hilarious in this movie. So this movie's about two people cheating on the internet. So Having like, an emotional affair on the internet. They don't cheat yet. Yet. So, like, I'm just saying that, like, if this movie was in any other year but, like, 1999, It'd be like two bronies meeting on like Habbo Hotel. <laughs> well, it's like it's very novel. It's like these two extremely upper middle class. Well, no. So Tom Hanks is. So actually, I know. Okay, well, let me get into this. So Tom Hanks's character is actually based on the person who owns Indigo, because okay. um, Nora Ephron was a part of some board. Okay. Uh, and she. I think every quarter she'd have to sit in on a phone call and they would talk about like the stocks and whatever that like I forgot what it was, it was some sort of film board like it was some sort of arts council thingy okay or it was something about a theater I'm really telling this all wrong <laughs> anyways yeah you, yeah, you really so in the every sen- detail wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyways the detail that I do remember is that she hated doing those meetings and sometimes she would go downstairs she'd leave the phone on she said she'd go downstairs get a manicure come back and the meeting would still be happening so she would do this every time she went downstairs got a manicure came back upstairs everyone was freaking out because their company had been sold to um who are they the Rosenbergs whoever owns Indigo Okay. So they were all freaking out. This was like in the early 2000s. And that's how she found out about Indigo. And she was like, wow, this 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 store 
there's nothing like this in Manhattan. It's actually the antithesis of Manhattan, this kind of bookstore. But it, it creates like this feeling. And so that's what inspired her to have Tom Hanks's character who owns something called Fox Books, which looks exactly like Indigo. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, like, wait, hold on. Tom Hanks is the personification of a big box bookstore. Mm-hmm. But it's Fox Books. And, 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 and Meg Ryan mm-hmm. owns the little shop around the corner, which is her bookstore, which has been there since the 40s that her mom wrote, that her mom ran, and now she runs it. And it's like a small boutique store that sells really like special children's books and like first editions and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of the New York of the past, and he represents the future and it's also based on this movie from the 40s called the shop around the corner where people correspond via mail and that's why that's why the 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 store is called the the shop around the corner (laughs) (laughs) anyways so then that's so they're they're enemies by trade but they they're in love with each other on the internet and they don't know it and that's That's... called drama (laughs) (laughs) like the setup of this (laughs) <laughs> is so like obvious does that make sense like it's like I see the setup but I know how it ends yeah yeah it's simple but it's not about the story per se it's about the little moments it's about the feeling oh yeah it's this exists in a world where Starbucks was like still considered like special yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was say- I was saying this to someone the other day where it's like uh, I do miss I do miss the day when like everyone had a Starbucks Frappuccino joke. And like, I mean, I, I miss the day when I would go into Starbucks and be excited about what, what was I going to order? And like, now I go in and I'm like, ugh, all there is is a Starbucks. And then I have to like, think about how I'm going to like, finagle my order for it to be kind of delicious. <laughs> he's not listening because he's still thinking about, he's still thinking about his, his text conversation that he had with Meg Ryan in the morning. Do they ever sex through email in this movie? They don't sex, but they they give each other emotional support. <laughs> and you know what? It's what we need. Times like this, please. Yeah, this, this is a real Corona movie where all the communication. <laughs> yeah, literally. Actually, this is like a and 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 Tom Hanks had coronavirus. Yeah. He did you see him on Saturday Night Live? He looks well. He does look well. I mean, it was extremely unfunny. His monologue? His monologue was okay. I meant Saturday Night Live in general. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, his monologue. Oh, there was a couple things that I enjoyed. I'll tell you what I liked. I liked what's his, Alex Moffat's sports thing of, like, watching the popcorn pop. Oh, yeah. That, that feels very you. The the matches. Like, yeah. I, I like that. And I like that he had, like, a whole character where, like, it's brought to you by his, like, wife's cup of tea. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Alex Moffat's really felt like he was going insane in his own apartment, and I enjoyed that aspect of it. Like, yeah, it really I think that's what's so funny like, about it. Yeah. And then he was off to the side, like, holding his cup of tea. Yeah. See, look, the shop around the corner. But are you enjoying the aesthetic of this movie at all? Yeah, it looks like... It, honestly, it, it looks like a cheap Disney Channel movie so far. How dare you? How <laughs> <laughs> dare I thought you were going to say a cheap Nancy Myers, and then I was really going to lose my shit. Like, I only like Nancy Myers because she's still alive and she's still making movies. But if Nora Ephron was still putting up content, I'd be like, everyone shut up about Nancy Myers. <laughs> you really, you really... Did I, I met... Yeah. No, no, say what you were going to say. I mean, you're really slumming it with Nancy Myers every time. 
You, yeah. you just need that hit. Need that hit. Yeah, I need that upper middle class. Now, what am I saying? They're extremely wealthy. Um, <laughs> extreme wealth, middle-aged women. Love story. Yeah, finding romance with a man who I'm told I feel like Nancy is an everyman. I feel like Nancy Myers is right. You've got mail today. Like, it's like, as in, like, she's just understanding technology and being like, well, I can email yeah. people. Well, except no, um, Nancy Myers wrote a... Okay, do you know that New York Times column, Modern Love? Yeah. She wrote a piece about her, her ex-husband and what their relationship is like now. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. And I don't understand why she won't just turn that into a Nancy Myers movie. And Did I was like, turn, this is so... Didn't they turn some of those columns into that bad... Amazon show? It was really bad. I was so disappointed. And they they were advertising that bad boy for like two months on Amazon. So like every time I'd go, they'd have like a little preview playing and I'd be like, I've never wanted to see something more in my entire life. Like I was so excited. I would watch preview and be like, this is just built for Vitae. Like enough Vitae's with an Amazon Prime subscription. Like we can just make just specific. Well, so then the first episode went, and I was like, okay, because it's anthologies, right? Like, it's not mm-hmm. one storyline. The first one went, I was like, okay, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like the feeling that one gave. But you know what? The next one's probably going to be good. And then the next one, I was like, okay, that one was worse. <laughs> like, you just like it. And there's one that's good. There's one written by Sharon, I think, Hogan or Horgan, the woman that writes um, Catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, yeah. So I think she wrote one and directed it, and it she has feels Tina like Fey. A real, like, opposite of a attitude than. Actually, no, I, I, she's kind of in line with modern romance stuff. She does have an opposite attitude, though, and that's what's kind of cool. Her episode's really interesting. It's with Tina Fey and John Slaterty, and it's about, like, a couple in their, like, 50s or late 40s, and they just. They've had enough of each other. <laughs> like. Oh, this guy's in it. Oh, Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, there is only one modern love that I really did enjoy, though, and it's the one with my boy, John Gallagher Jr. from Spring Awakening. Oh, yeah. And it's about a guy who, he's, like, dating this girl who's out of his league, and he brings her back home um, on their second date, and he's like, oh, maybe we're going to have sex. And he's trying to be funny, and he, like, takes off all his clothes when she goes to the bathroom, because she's, like, she's also, like, because they were making out or whatever, and he's, like, lying on the couch being, like, trying to be funny, and he slips and falls, and a martini glass was there, and he, like, stabs his arm with the martini glass. So then they have to go to the hospital, and it's, like, this, hold on, Dad, I'm <laughs> I'm recording something. You want to say hi to, to Alex? Hi, Alex. Uh, wow, you look good, Alex. <laughs> he says you look good. <laughs> what are you? Oh, hold I'm on, let me unplug it. What? I'm what are you? At home. He's at home. He's at home. My God, what a luscious place you have. <laughs> yeah, it's a white wall. Oh, it's really great. <laughs> yeah, by the way, after you finish, phone this number. Why? For the biggest bottle of gin. Oh, my God. How, why do I have to call that number? That's where you... The, oh, you can call any number you want as long as they deliver. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Oh, no. Bye, Alex. <laughs> okay, so we're not really watching the movie. <laughs> I'm trying. So I can't get the volume is, levels right between the two th- things. This is three generations of Hanksmen. So that's Tom okay. Hanks's father, and then that old man was Tom Hanks's grandfather. They all own the business, mm-hmm. so they're, they're all talking about it. Tom Hanks is dating Parker Posey. The dad is dating someone who is Parker Posey's age, so that it might be a little bit confusing. And the and the grandfather is also dating someone who's young, and he has a young kid. So the the grandfather has a young kid, and Tom Hanks's dad has a young kid. So they all. 
they have young kids that look like Tom Hanks's kids, but really they're his brother and his uncle. No. I would love for that to be like the most, mostly the setting of the movie, like the point of it is that. Well, that's how she, he, you'll see, that's how he ends up meeting Meg Ryan IRL. But, oh yeah, this is them flirting. You're missing all the, okay, so this is like my sick movie, right? Like, I think, I think most women, a lot of women watch this movie when they don't feel well. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I was dating Ben, he got a really bad flu. He was sick for like two weeks. Yeah. And he got it at my house, so then he just stayed there. And uh, I was taking care of him. And I was like, Ben, I'm going to share with you my sick movie. And we start watching this, and about like 40 minutes in, he's like, turn it off. <laughs> he hated it so much. It's like, Meg Ryan's the most annoying woman in the world. Oh, yeah. If I was paying attention to this, I'd be like, this is madness. <laughs> also, I... The uh, I know we saw the dated computer. What really time and place is this movie? Is a monologue of him complaining about Starbucks. Yeah, he's complaining about Starbucks. How people order from Starbucks. Um, oh God, I love him so much, though. Oh, I love him. Also, this music, the like incidental music of this, is so stupid. Of the bump, 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 bump. Oh, I like the incidental music. You know why? Because it matches, first of all. But second of all, because I think it's like a version, because like all of Nora Ephron's movies have um, a parallel version from the past. So Sleepless in Seattle, its its source is an affair to remember. This one is The Shop Around the Corner, and I feel like that music is like a nod to like oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. But that's it's my word against, you know, it's your word. It's a dead woman. Anyways, I met Nora Ephron. Oh, yeah? Yeah, um, one day I was going to go see a movie, and we were just wasting time in Indigo, and then we saw, and that's how I learned about the Indigo story. She told you this? She told us, no, and we saw that she was doing a book signing, so uh. then we were like, do you want to just skip the movie and like sit and wait for Nora Ephron? So then we we got front row seats because we were there like an hour and a half early, mm. and we, we got hot chocolates from the Starbucks and booze from the LCBO, and we just sat I got drunk waiting for Nora Ephron and we bought her book so that she'd sign it. And she told the story about Indigo and that's why she was like, oh, this move, this inspired, you've got mail. And then Reisman, that's the name of the Indigo people, Heather Reisman. Okay, yeah. Um, so put that in the notes. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely put it in the notes. <laughs> and so then, yeah. So then she spoke. She had great things to say. She kept talking about food, and I turned to my friend and I said, I fucking hate when really skinny women talk about food the way she's talking. She's such oh, a liar. And then she died three months later because she had yeah. cancer. Yeah. And that's why she was so skinny. And I think about that often. <laughs> How I body shamed a woman who was dying. <laughs> Just you out there being like, yeah, what about... Just you out there in the hospital being like... I bet you all these bitches complain about it, and they are. <laughs> yep, so that's, uh, yeah, then when I met her, she signed my book, and she goes, my best friend's name is Alessandra, and I, my response was, oh, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's out there, like, talking to her friends, like, I want to sign this book, and I was, like, really trying to, like, connect with the fans, and <laughs> yeah. then like, this one woman, so my best friend's name is Alessandra, and she just went, oh, why'd you line up? <laughs> 
Actually, Once was, you wait around. So starstruck. Uh, it was great. It was great to hear her talk. I was happy that book was really good. And now I have it somewhere. Oh, it must be somewhere in this house, actually, now that I think about it. I uh, I did the similar thing of ditching something to go watch a live thing, only to watch Brand New do an acoustic set in 2012 Ooh, at an HMV. Do an HMV, and I skipped class at the university to go watch it. Oh, that's cool. And lined up for like a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it was a while because because when we got there, we were like, oh, can we come back? And they're like, mm, you better sit now. And then we end up like sitting for two hours. Like there was no. Yeah. She had a bit of an audience, but like they didn't properly promote it. I don't think. Or maybe people aren't Efron heads like me. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you're like you're maybe the like they probably they probably promoted it just well enough of being like, well, hold it in Indigo. The people who are fans of Efron are already here. It's like they couldn't be anyone hanging out in the Manual Life Center is yeah. about this. It's about this life. But then I told my mom, and she was upset. She's like, "Why didn't you call me?" And I was like, yeah, Man, was Tom Hanks looks young in this movie." Yeah, Tom Hanks is young. What is all of this? Okay, so that's his dad's wife, and that's his dad's kid, and his grandfather's kid. Do you think that, and like... she's weirdly flirty with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Do you think that, like, Parker Posey's character is, like, looks at the two generations of older Hanks men dating young women, and is like, oh, my... I better make sure he doesn't sign a prenup. Like, I, like yeah, my shelf life is like fifteen yeah. years tops. It's gonna be the same for anyone who's like dating Leonardo DiCaprio. It's just being like, I got total a month. Like, I wonder that, eh? That girl, she's not twenty five yet. That's currently dating him. Yeah, she's twenty three, I think. Moron. Her last name is literally like Moron. Yeah, it's like something Moron. <laughs> so was Alice name. Moran. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, I guess so. I never even thought no, but it's more ran. It's like O. Yeah. It's like A N. Yeah. This is O N. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the book of Moran. Um. Anyways, what would you do? I would hate to date someone like Leo, just because of the anxiety. Unless they have an open relationship. I've been doing this bit, and I think it's very funny, but my girlfriend hates it. Or keep asking her if she wants to start an open relationship in the quarantine. In quarantine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great bit. Oh, my God, look at this puppy. Oh, it's gone. Um, so this is like a nice little montage bit in the movie. Nora Ephron loves a montage. Well, because you know what it is? It's just, get you, it's just giving you a feel of what Manhattan's like. I feel like... I'm surprised that... I, I said that and I realized, like, I, I also like montages... But I, I also think, like, a lot of montages are just filler, and that's where they get a bad name. They're I actually really, don't like, think this is filler. I think this is legitimately she's creating atmosphere. Yeah. There, I said it. <laughs> the atmosphere of Efron. I love Nora Efron. Um, it's hard also, to say why. You know what's interesting about this movie? Yeah. Uh, though I love Tom Hanks, and I love him, I'm not attracted to him. It's just interesting that I'm so into this movie. <laughs> There's no one in it that I'm like attracted to. Oh, that reminds me, uh, we got we got to make a point of going to see the Doom the Dune movie together. Oh yeah, I I, I can already tell that I'm not gonna like it. It looks. Pretty oh, you're boring. gonna <laughs> hate it. Yeah, it looks pretty boring. And I bet you Timothy Chalamet is such a such a small part in it. But it also no, has Javier Bardem character. and Oscar Isaac. Oh, is he the main character? 
I mean, the, as much actually, yeah, main character, yeah. Like I, I read the book Dune when I was like fourteen, and definitely did not absorb really what it was talking about. And then the David Lynch movies, terrible but fun. And then uh, I'm I don't like this director that much. You don't uh, like Denis Villeneuve? No, he makes bloated, dumb movies. Oh, I love that Sicario. That uh, Sicario is his best stuff. I like Sicario. I liked. Um, Did you like Blade Runner? No, I never watched that. What's the one, the French Canadian one, his first one that got him famous? I saw the play version of it too. Oh my god. Scorched is what it's called in English. Oh man. Oh man. What's it called? Uh, like fire in it. French. I don't remember, yeah. It's good. That it. one's good. It's it's like needlessly depressing, but the play was needlessly. I mean, that's depressing. my type of movie. I think you'll like it then. It's French Canadian. It's very well made. T- like the other stuff I've seen of his, I've always been like, Jesus Christ. Like, Well, if you didn't like Blade Runner, I doubt you're going to like Dune. Yeah. That's why I'm just like, oh, no. But, I love uh, I love Sicario. I thought it was like but, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Because I don't even like that genre. I know. I mean, Sicario is like fun. I think, I think, did you see Sicario 2? No, that when I saw that, I was like, oh, I can tell this is my nightmare. But no, my Sicario, dad loves it. Sicario 2 is all the things you like about Sicario, like amped up. And I'm just like, oh, okay, Sicario is just, it's just fun. And it's, he gets it, in the way with his pretension. But I liked, oh, sorry, it's fun. Oh, I like that line, the way the kid says, I'm his brother. Um, Tommy De Paola, Paola, Paola? I don't know how to say it. Anyways, he just died. He He's an Italian children's book writer, and he wrote La Befana. Uh, there you see, to book of poems. Oh. Wait, I'm Did pointing you, with my hands as if you're in you, this room with me, no, and you I'm can not. see what I'm pointing at. <laughs> um, do you remember getting face pain as a kid? Because I full hated it. I don't really remember getting face painted as a child. I remember getting face painted as a child like twice and just cried right after and washed it off with my tears because <laughs> I just hated it. Well, I hate to break it to you, but every day as a woman, you face paint. <laughs> like literally. Um, except for now, I haven't worn makeup in years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, that's what it, everyone's saying. Just like, my skin's all clear. <laughs> My skin is not clear. My skin is actually, I think it's from stress. My skin is the most like pockmarked it's been in a long time. It's very disappointing. I was expecting my hair to get really long and my skin to be flawless, but it's only been a month, I guess. Do you like Meg Ryan's haircut? It was a pretty big deal. I was going to say, wasn't that like the thing that like everyone, like every first choice haircutters was just pumping yeah. out? Yeah. It, this is the OG. The OG, like, it's like choppy it's just a just bit of a nightmare. just chopping out chopping out the rachel and putting it into the meg ryan yeah that is kind of what it is isn't it it's a short short rachel <laughs> has she put together that he's no she so, has no idea who he yeah. is because i saw him like be like oh your mother like he's he put together then he puts it together and he yeah. goes your mother because that's what her gra- his grandfather yeah. said to him he's like i knew a catholic so basically what we are to believe in the lore of this movie is that his grandfather and her mother um, were the original 1940s movie because he had a he's like I used to have send letters to that woman and they're like yeah okay and he's like she was enchanting <laughs> and so then fair. right now Tom Hanks was like your mother she was enchanting he's like she was enchanting <laughs> she I don't was. Think... <laughs> 
Have you ever been described as enchanting? No, never. Uh, but imagine someone's like, your mother's enchanting. Don't. She was not. She was not <laughs> enchanting. That woman couldn't enchant shit. Look at this. It looks like indigo. Yeah. Yeah, because this was not a thing in Manhattan at the time. Like, like the shop around the corner bookstore is still pretty much what exists in Manhattan. They don't have these mm. big... Not in no, Manhattan proper, they're, but they're, like... Now there is. In Queens. No, yeah, probably. No, I'm sure they no, have a Walmart somewhere. Actually, you know what? Last time I went to New York, uh, we went to this place. Fuck me. I'll never remember what it's called. It's called like the yards or something like that. And there's a big structure that's like you can climb up. It looks like a sculpture, but you it's like a basically it's Hudson Yards. That's what yeah, it's Hudson called. Yeah, Hudson Yards. And it's like and the, so the, it's it's like a whole like thing of like millionaire billionaire developers like kick people out to build it kind yeah, of Yeah, like. and and it has like a structure that you can climb and and look at the view of the city. It's really beautiful. Yeah. It looks like a copper beehive. Yeah. And so next to it is this mall um that has like um a Spanish style food market like it they're supposed to be like the way that they have the market the markets yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the name of market is in Spain um and uh, we went there and I was like oh this feels like a mall like I thought yeah. it like it's losing it's like Manhattan shine oh god the, the Manhattan shine even in the time I've been like going to Manhattan I've watched it disappear you think? Like even, even just like even just like because I'd go there and like even go to like Lower East Side where it's like at its Manhattan's at its most grungy I would argue in the Lower East Side and yeah then, we, but then like even in that time I've watched it go from like cheap cool places to like hoity-toity restaurants I mean the Lower East Side is interesting because people still it, live there on like the rest of Manhattan yeah people live there it's Kind of though. Yeah. I, I don't know. The Manhattan that I know, it, I mean, everything that we know is is post Giuliani, so we don't even know real. Yeah, we we, we can't argue real New York. We can't argue real New York. Like we've always known Times Square to be like the M and M store. Yeah, and then I mean, I was I was looking at like where my friends live in Brooklyn, seen that change and and whatnot. I don't know Brooklyn that well. I've only been to Greenpoint. Mm-hmm. And Greenpoint's cool. I haven't seen Greenpoint change. Like when I was in Manhattan, the last time I went to Brooklyn. Oh wait, I went to Dumbo. What am I saying? I stayed in Brooklyn the last time I went to Manhattan, or the last two times I went. I was in Martin Luther King, like road or something like that. Uh, and it was kind of scary on the outside, but the places on the inside were gigantic. Like they were like huge mansion brownstones. Mm-hmm. But the overall feeling of the street was like it felt a little bit dodgy. I was uh, actually, the, the the best anecdote of this is like I think it was like 2014, I think. Me and Andrew Bushel went to New York to go to like do an improv festival, mm-hmm. and we went and stayed in this place in Brooklyn, like in a hostel in Brooklyn. And Andrew's like, "Yeah, it's a sick hostel. It's like kind of a sketchy neighborhood, though." So like. Like, like it's like but like if you're fine like it's cheap it's sick don't worry about it I'm like alright yeah I don't care and so I don't have anything valuable on me and so we went and it was like cool and like blah blah and like mostly industrial kind of around it and like a couple like like a small like coffee shop in an industrial area and like that's like mostly serving like industrial workers and like a couple other like small things mm-hmm. and then 
last year, the year before, we were there for the same improv festival, and a friend of ours was like, oh, you should go to this restaurant. It's so cool. It's like kind of like a hip, like little expensive restaurant. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And we go and get off the train and realize that it's right next to that hostel that we stayed at. That like five years before was this like sketchy like industrial neighborhood yeah. and now it's like all these like hoity-toity restaurants i wonder i wonder oh boy i wonder my lisp just came up my i wonder yeah <laughs> uh i wonder if it was in dumbo no no because that was, used to be a sketchy area now it's it super hoity-toity yeah dumbo's super okay hoity. It was a little. It was a little deep. Yeah, Dumbo is a place where. So we were waiting for a pizza. So there's a pizza place there that's really good. So we were waiting, and across the street there was a vintage store. And think about the softest, like most classic vintage T-shirts you could think of. They had yeah. all of them, and I was trying them all on, being like, which one? And then I found a Les Mis T-shirt from like 1988 or whatever, mm. with like the angel on it, and I was like, oh, I have to get this. $65 for a threadbare, a t-shirt you would see on a million people like 20 yeah. years ago. Okay, so this is Meg Ryan discovering that Tom Hanks is who he is. Yeah. Who he is being the Fox guy or being the email guy? Being the Fox guy. They don't yeah. mind about the email guy from the very end. Shh. Yeah, that's what I figured. But he already Get knows. Get all drunk though, right? immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he already knows that she's email lady, right? He doesn't know. Okay. So he just knows that they met in the store, and now he's being a dick to her. And she's saying, like, I can't believe you withhold yourself. And this is the part where... Yeah, that he, he put just around the corner on his store as a way to goad her clientele. Also, that's gross to have a thing of egg salad with a bunch of caviar in it. Is that, like, um... It feels like it's... I feel all that, 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 that like, spread looks very 90s to me. It's, it seems quite New York Jew. Yeah. I don't like egg salad. Oh, I I love any time someone gets the catering of like some sort of kosher deli, which like, mmm. Because you get I mean, all, like you get all the deli. salads, you get the kosher meats, you get like the pickles. I like white Ooh. fish. White fish, like yeah. White fish. I like the, chicken uh, liver, TBH. Chicken liver's a good time too. You know, you know what I, so you know there's like way less like kosher delis than there used to be? Do you know why? Why? Because they're like main. You said that was such. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know no. why? <laughs> uh, do you answer. Uh, no. It, like the main like thing they would like is like a lot of it's like based on like briskets and like what's their like chunk meats, but then like the like hoi- like the like upscale barbecue craze jacked the price of those meats, so now it's like not financially stable for them to like s- like sell those. Oh, that's crazy. Have you been to Rosenson? Nope, that's not what it's called, but that's owned by the same people. Schmaltz. Schmaltz. Yeah, yeah. Schmaltz Deli? is like the, pretty much the only one in the city that's still open because like Katz's Because it's really now. expensive. Yeah, and that's why. And same with like... Well, in the, in the city because there's a lot of Bathers and Steel. So. Yeah, but even, the, even they're pretty pricey for what they are. Oh, okay. This is great. Did you hear what happened? She goes, oh, uh, Greg Kinnear says to Tom Hanks, Fox Books, you're Mr. Fox Books. How do you sleep at night? And then Parker Posey goes, Ugh, I take a pill. What you do, it's called blah, blah, blah. And you cut it in half and you like, you wake up without even the tiniest little thing. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> now they're texting each other about each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, this like. Blink. 
This is like a real like plot of like the worst sitcom of the nineties. Like I feel like I feel like a like a like a low rated friends episode would have this plot. Stop. <laughs> so bad. No one can see it, but you your slow turn of wide-eyed anger. How dare you say this to me? It's not the same, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's a it's a real. It's it's a real. It's it's if you were to sit, if you were to. What if, right? Like, that's, like, a way that you brainstorm ideas. Yeah. So, like, what if two people who were enemies loved each other on the internet? And I'm sure yeah. at the time... I'm sure at the time it seemed more outlandish, where now it's probably the other end of, like, two people who love each other in real life hate each other on the internet. That's literally the truth, though. <laughs> I know. There are often people that I hate. I hate their online presence so much, and then, and then I have to remember that they're good people and that I like them in real life. Just... Say it's me. Say who I hate. No, no. Say that. Like, just say that you hate me online. Like, <laughs> oh, that I hate Kalenko. Then you're not online enough for me to hate. That's true. I I don't really do much online. I wonder if people hate me online. I'm online too much these days. No. Nah. I mean, if you hate Chalamet, you ain't gonna like me. But that's a new thing. <laughs> that uh, the the thing I sent you before we started recording. Oh <laughs> yeah, Alex sent me a picture of. Timothy Chalamet looking beautiful in that picture and then you slide it over and it's Margaret Thatcher and it says I can't unsee it <laughs> it's it's amazing how similar they look they have a similar hair shape I'll give that they have a similar face shape what are you talking about get over yourself you know what's interesting oh boy I'm gonna sound like such a goddamn creep so uh, I was looking at Timothy Chalamet's Instagram <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my daily look no I was looking because he posted something and he posted his sister mm-hmm. and I and I looked and she's pretty like I would never not say uh, this is me by no means saying that this is an ugly woman but I thought that she would look like if I were to think of a female Timothy Chalamet I would think of like Jennifer Connelly or something okay she's plainer <laughs> that's all your story is I saw his sister and I was like, ah, doesn't get me as hot as Timothy Chalamet does. Hey, beautiful. Is that a young John John Lovitz? Yeah, she looks like a young John Lovitz. No, no, I'm saying the guy said there's a sign. Is that a young John Lovitz? Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. John Lovitz wouldn't be young at this point. This would be years after his tenure on SNL. Oh, yeah. This is the part where he, she goes, get in another line. This Okay, this movie is very musical for me, and I feel like I can repeat the lines in the, the tenor of the way that the people yeah. say, yeah, get in another line. <laughs> and this is this is a girl from... So this actress is on Grey's Anatomy, but she had the most incredible career. So be, right after this, she gets... Well, not right after, like 10 years after this. <laughs> she gets Spam a lot. Remember Spam a lot? Yeah, yeah. It was such a sensation that ABC had a meeting with her and was like which one of our TV shows do you want to be on and she's like oh I love Grey's Anatomy what so they wrote a part for her on Grey's Anatomy imagine you're a writer on Grey's Anatomy and an executive kicks open the door and is like (laughs) I need you to put her in you're like who like (laughs) 
I haven't seen fucking spam a lot. <laughs> yeah. I've been writing in LA. <laughs> <laughs> How the pussy spam a lot? We love spam a lot so much. Put her in your show. Shit like that happens though. There are some like if you watch as many sitcoms as I do, like um, especially like the late '90s sitcoms, you see yeah. certain actors that get used over and over and over again, and you yeah. know that they're just looking for a vehicle to finally put them in. Like actually, Adam Pally was in like stuff and you would tell that they were they were like frothing max greenfeld they were like they're like we know him what are we gonna put him what are we gonna like half of jerry seinfeld's girlfriends were just women they were trying to make happen yes (laughs) you're not wrong because they'd hop from seinfeld to friends yeah like frazier to like they try there's yeah when you're on that roster i'm you do a bunch of shit for like two years and then if they don't make it work in that time they're like do we know you so cruel. I don't know what this this woman's yeah, what game is, is. Yeah, what is happening here? <laughs> you just make, she just sexually harasses Tom Hanks. Also, like... This is what my family would do with me if I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if, if your family had the money to get you on Broadway. If I could go back in time... <laughs> I, I think I've been thinking about you saying that I, if they put me in lessons, I'd be on Broadway. I think about that daily since you said it on the podcast. It made yeah, me laugh if so I could go hard. back, if I could turn back time, I think I would have been at least in two shows. <laughs> two shows. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. I got a connection to New York right now. Maybe a bunch of actors will quit because of this quarantine situation. Who's to say? I, I was saying that saying this to someone is like, we're gonna lose so many comedians from quarantine. Well, but, we're gonna but lose. It, it's, it's not gonna be like we're gonna lose like a bunch of like super like low low ones, but we're gonna lose like a lot of like people like stand ups who like whole job is being on the road. Like they are gonna have to get other jobs and just. Yeah, and like, how are you supposed to get better, right? Like, basically, what it's gonna do is we're not gonna have quality content. Like, we're gonna have a, like, we're gonna get a bunch of stuff made, but it's, it's not gonna be good because it's not gonna be tested. Oh, I think yeah, there's gonna be tons of. I mean, like, yeah, this is me talking some shit, but like, like half the content I see, ninety percent of the content I see coming out of quarantine is garbage. Like yeah, just I don't like, like, like people, the people, people posting stuff online. I'm just like, this is trash. This, I mean, this w- wouldn't even get traction on like the slowest of days and the other like. Well, what are you expecting from people? Alex? It's a hard time. No, I know it is, and like I'm not producing anything good either. But I'm just like, if that's what we're doing right now, like that means that like in a few years when like or a few years in a few months when like all the stuff that's being developed now is in production was all over. Uncle's production is gonna be. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know. This is the part of the of the video chat when I start playing with my hair and I ask you questions. Alex, should I get bangs? <laughs> I'm waiting. Because like, there's no words I'm going to say they are going to stop you. It's, <laughs> it's just you who's going to do you. No, I would never get bangs. This whole thing is about me not washing my hair and letting it grow as much as possible. <laughs> are you, you're gonna, no, you're going to home dye your hair. That's what's coming up. No, no, no. I'm going to go full brunette. It's going to be really disappointing. <sighs> But when this is done, I'm going to go full platinum, and then I'm going to regret it. I'm just putting it out there right now. Your hair journey's mapped till 2022. Yeah, it's not going to be great. Um, I do love Tom Hanks' dog in this. It's a big, friendly dog. Yeah. (laughs) Barkley? That's his name. 
Why'd you two just fuck? It's, it's, it's the same movie. Between Meg Ryan. I have to whisper these dirty things now because my mom is in the other room. What do you think the sex is like between Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks? Polite. You think they ever did it? I think I think it was I think if they ever did, it'd be extremely polite. I don't think so. I don't think he cheated on Rita Wilson. He better not have. I don't, He's I don't cheated on Rita Wilson. I believe he has. He feels like a guy who's like done it once or twice. With like people you wouldn't think, like a PA. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You've upset me. You know I'm right. Yeah, I mean I'm sure everyone does. I don't know how you like how do you you know? Yeah. But okay. These are these the are people that meet a million people a day and they're beloved. It's the same movie, like it's you got males exactly the same. But every time after they have this like little chat conversation, it just hangs on Tom Hanks a little longer. And this opens a porn window and starts jerking off. Alex, no. What do, you think, more... what do you think? What do you think? Tom Hanks is like when he jerks off. <laughs> Charming. Yeah. He's, Ameri- he's America's jerk off. He's. He's like, oh, hello. Okay. Well, oh, all right. This is about oh, Monday, Tuesday. This is him saying, like, what is with the man and the Godfather? Because Tom Hanks' character talks about the Godfather to Meg Ryan in real life, and then now this guy's talking to her about it, and she's like, why does everyone talk about the Godfather? They're the same person. But also, everyone does talk about the Godfather. I like, I like the Godfather, but I don't understand the, like, love of the Godfather. Have you rewatched it recently? We watched two relatively recently. Like okay, yeah, because I rewatched two recently too. I rewatched it like two months ago. Yeah, and it's like, it's just the best. <laughs> like it's just so good. It is. And holy fuck, young Robert De Niro. <laughs> Whoa. You, you you know what movie I rewatched relatively recently that was like, this movie fucking bangs is Goodfellas. I watched it last night. I oh, think yeah? that's why I didn't sleep. <laughs> it's so good. It's much more disturbing than I thought it was going to be. You haven't seen it? No, I'd seen it, but I don't. Oh. I remember it being funny, and it was it's very funny. But like when Joe Pesci shoots Michael Imperioli in the foot, yeah, and then the next scene he shoots him dead, yeah, I burst into tears. Yeah, I think like that's a problem. Like the Godfather is a little more like, a, like the Godfather and and Goodfellas are kind of telling the same story, but Goodfellas to me is telling a more like no aggressive, Godfather's story. telling a story of immigration. Goodfellas is talking about how the mob went from being like in construction to drugs. Yeah, like at a literal level, but I mean at a level of like because like in the Godfather, it's like about like struggling and turning to crime and like that's the story of immigration but and also God, God, it's like, also about like Al Pacino resisting wanting to be a crime boss and Ray Liotta's always wanted to be a crime boss yeah listen yeah. Alex I, I, I just can't tell wrong. Italian movies apart <laughs> you're talking to the right, right person I have a really tough time following mob movies that's why I like Goodfellas because <laughs> It's straightforward, it baby. Really explains things to you quite clearly, <laughs> and yeah. they repeat people's names. Oh, that is the, 
I, I I guarantee you the first draft they didn't repeat people's names as much and then someone's watching it's like I can't tell these fucking Italians apart so that's me in the Godfather like at the yeah. end of Godfather 1 when everyone's getting killed I go I turn to my sister I'm like I don't know who any of those people are she goes what yes. blah 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 and I was like I can't follow <laughs> not gonna lie same I remember yeah. like, what, like maybe half of them like at clock I'm like who's that guy yeah I uh, but I understand this about myself I find it tough to follow crime stories did you did you ever watch The Departed Oh, yeah, I love The Departed. The Departed's great, but it did take me a while to realize they weren't the same person. Like, like, like Matt they, Damon and, and, and Leo? Because they look so the same in that movie. That I was like, wait, well, that's fuck, the point, what? Though. <laughs> was like, I think that's the point. Yeah, the point is you can't tell them apart, but you, ha- but you, the viewer, have to know they're different people at the beginning. And I was like, man, this guy lives a life. <laughs> like, I like, I like, I didn't realize that, you know what's the same story is Goodfellas and The Wolf of Wall Street. It's like the exact same story. Yes, I mean, they're which both, is kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, Scorsese has that theme in a lot of his stuff. It's cool. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, the older I get, the more I like Scorsese. For some reason, when I was younger, I didn't like him that much. I think you have to. <laughs> I think for Scorsese to kind of make sense, you have to have been like, like failed at something, <laughs> because the story is like someone not <laughs> failing for longer than usual. But also, like, I think the first Scorsese movie I saw at a conscious age was Gangs of New York, and I hated that so much. That movie sucks so hard. Yeah, I hated it so much that I was like, I don't get it why people like him. Like, I was mad about it. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Of, like, your first, like, he's made all these beautiful works of art, and, like, your first one, it would be, like, Hugo or something. Yeah. (laughs) Hugo, he got a lot of Academy Award nominations for. Hugo's garbage. Yeah. It's like you like watching David Fincher and then like being like, I don't even love David Fincher so much. All I watched was Aliens Three, like or 127 hours. Oh wait, no, I'm like I'm thinking um, Danny Boyle. Danny, Danny Boyle, Boyle, I actually don't really like it. Danny all. Boyle ebbs and flows. When Danny Boyle is good is when he's working with Alex Garland, and then is that the beach? Uh, the beach. Uh, 28 days later. Train spotting uh, is good. Train spotting also, I think was the. I think Alex Garland was involved in that one. I could be wrong. I don't think you wrote it, but it's an Irvine Welsh book. Yeah. Um, train spotting. Yeah, twenty-eight days later, or whatever it's called. Yeah, twenty days later. Twenty days later, and like the beach were the two. The, the two I never saw the beach. I like the beach. Yeah, I never I, saw. I, it. Here's a weird one: is when I was a kid, I was a kid. When I was like a teen, I was told it's just to hate the beach by like older boys, and because and then I found out later it's because like. One of his girlfriends loved the beach, or one of his girlfriends, the girl he was dating at the time, loved the beach. They got into a fight about it, and then he just was like, "Oh, the beach is for like women." Like, <laughs> wait, sorry, that's what Danny Boyle thought? No, this is like what like uh, a, a boy older than me. Oh, me I was like, like I was wait, I missed the first. Like, I was young enough to be like, okay, I guess the beach isn't good. <laughs> My parents really, really let me watch R-rated movies, so I'm not going to waste it on the bad one. <laughs> That's very funny. So this is Greg Kinnear. So they're all. So she's making a lot of press because basically her her store is doing really badly. It's going to close. So because Greg Kinnear writes for the Observer, he writes a whole big article promoting it. It's like a and, and she did a whole thing against Tom Hanks, and it's people are protesting the store from opening. But now they're watching him on like a nighttime talk show or whatever and and meg ryan's like you're flirting with this girl and he's like no i'm not (laughs) it's very funny (laughs) 
<laughs> Imagine you watch this like show, like you're watching the news and you saw like a reporter and like a woman talking like that. You'd be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Imagine you watch The View and like Oprah and like. I'll uh, tell you this though. Every once in a while on a late night show, like on a daily show or on like yeah. Conan show or something like that. There is an energy between the guest and the host, and it's palpable. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember which, like, there were a couple of times, because I love The Daily Show. I watched, it, I watched every episode, like, when it was Jon Stewart. Yeah. There were a couple of people that were on that I'd be, like, flirting. <laughs> I get so jealous. <laughs> I, that's, that's very funny, because to me, The Daily Show, I remember... Some people were like fun as interviews. I remember half of them being like, you do not want to be here or be interviewed. Uh, yeah, I, I found the Daily Show interviews truly a slog. Like yeah. they were they were a lot of people that have that were important to be interviewed, but they were pretty boring. Um, a lot of people who wrote books that in hindsight now I'm like, what a pointless fucking book. Well, we didn't know at the time. Um, there were a lot of books that were advertised on the Daily Show that I did read. There was one book called Survival of the Sickest that to this day is still one of the most interesting books. It's about why we have certain diseases because of how, like, like what diseases survive because of why. So, like, diabetes exists because of the Ice Age because that's a... That's a uh, if you freeze, if your body releases sugar into your blood, you won't freeze to death. Huh. So that's like a that's like an evolutionary thing of the ice age, and then and then I, I can't super tasters. That's where we learned about super tasters. Like, why do you hate broccoli and you taste it and it's fine? Because some people are descendants from like they have they can taste a component in food because they used to be the people that would say poison, not poison. Huh. So stuff like that. Basically, like how like being sick made us survive. Wild. Yeah, we need this book now more than ever. I w- I'd watch a Dave Chappelle Tom Hanks hangout movie in a heartbeat. This is kind of next best thing. That, you know, the, the Dave Chappelle Tom Hanks thing feels a little bit like um, uh, a movie that shows up on this podcast a lot. Trainwreck of uh, like uh, of Bill Her- Bill Hader and. Um, Basketball player. Why am I thinking? LeBron. Yeah, Bill Hader and LeBron. Oh, yeah, I, I it's a similar energy. Bill Hader. But Dave Chappelle is much more competent than LeBron James. Yes. Well, wasn't it Chris Rock in his ear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that made him say um, the lines to Gold Digger, but saying it like as he's actually talking. Yeah. And then Bill Hader's like, "What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Eighteen years. Eighteen years." And on all the kids' birthday, kid wasn't even his. <laughs> like, <laughs> win the Super Bowl any given Sunday. Drive off in a Hyundai. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oy, she's so brave. The internet of the past, you're for sure meeting a murderer. <laughs> Actually, the internet of the now, you're meeting a murderer. Yeah, I feel like there's more people on the internet. Your Your chances of hitting a murderer are much higher. Yeah, I guess in the past, if you you maybe were meeting people that were rich because they had yeah. the internet at home. And have the internet to like, I don't even know, grade 10? Grade, <laughs> like, sorry, what? I don't think I had the internet until grade, maybe grade 7. 
No, I think grade nine. I had the internet at home. No. Is he showing up to big time her? Yeah. Okay, so this is when the movie twists and he becomes a full neg like he doesn't. Like, he starts to manipulate her. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this setup made it seem like... Because I was going to bring it up, but I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Of that, like, he knows who she is and she doesn't know who he is. Is like, that means that, like... I don't know, it's like some pretty gross shit. Yeah, it's not ideal. He definitely, like, plays with her. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm also uncomfortable. I think I could, I'd like to marry Tom Hanks. You want to marry Tom Hanks? <laughs> yeah. I've decided. I feel like Tom, I feel like, I feel like being married to Tom Hanks, he plays a lot of Scrabble. Like, I feel like, I feel like you get married to Tom Hanks and it's like, he's always cornering you into a long game of Scrabble. Yeah, but like, what do you think he fucks like? (laughs) (laughs) Tommy feels like a guy that only fucks on his birthday. No, you think? I don't think so. I think you're wrong. I I feel you can't seduce Tom Hanks. You think I couldn't do it? I don't think anyone can. Is that a challenge? (laughs) I don't think Tom Hanks is. (laughs) Tom Hanks has the energy of a guy who like fucked once. And now he's married to that woman. No, he had two wives. He had a wife before Rita Wilson. That's who he birthed Colin with. Oh, and then Rita, and then Chet was was the birth of Rita. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not love Chet Hanks? Chet Hanks is a goddamn nightmare. Oh, should I marry him? <laughs> Chet, yeah, Chet Hanks is a full psychopath. Actually, and you, you know what? You're how right. insane he is. His kids are a really good indication of what he's like, because Colin is a real fucking nerd bomb, too. He oh, makes Colin Hanks sucks. Handkerchiefs that he calls Hanks-er-chiefs. Ugh. I bet you Colin Hanks... I bet you Colin Hanks, like, really changes the energy of a dinner party into a much more boring energy. I mean... I just you you have to wonder what it's like to have a parent that is this successful. Mm-hmm. Like his dad is so successful and beloved by yeah. everybody. And then you have a kid. Do you think that like I think you would feel less special in a way. Do you weird think when way. Colin Hanks like got mad at his dad, he would like slam a door and be like, "You're not America's treasure." <laughs> Well, when Colin was little, his dad was literally winning all the Academy Awards. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even picture it. I can't picture what it's like. Listen, I love my parents, but yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be calling my dad America's treasure anytime. (laughs) My dad is the guy that's like... He did earlier just come in and ask you to call a -a dial-a-bottle for the, quote, largest bottle of gin. gin. Yeah, my dad's a type of treasure, but it's not imagine, America's. <laughs> imagine Tom Hanks just being like, quickly, Colin, get the largest bottle of gin you have. Well, I hope Tom Hanks understands that he, like, I don't understand why my father couldn't call it. This is not an internet thing. It's no. a telephone thing. Why yes. do I have to do it? 
What? He doesn't trust the telephone. There's a lot of stuff that my dad does that I go, seems like you would be able to do that yourself, but, uh, okay. <laughs> he, he does a lot of, like, sitting on the couch and goes, ugh, bring me a bowl. Do what my mom did and just be like, your legs broke? He gets mad, and it's honestly easier to just be passive aggressive and give him the bowl. <laughs> I like to put the bowl. I, I, I like to do the thing where I put it just out of reach. So now she's saying that she was. See, these are the things that could have been edited out. I'm not gonna lie. The quirkiness between her and the bookshop people, but she was stood up, and they're like. Why do you think he was stood up? And she's like, I wasn't stood up because he, like, Tom Hanks, like, wrote and explained that there's a reason why he missed it and couldn't do it. He gave a very vague non-excuse. And then they were like, and they were like, maybe he's the subway bandit. They're like, what? Uh, and then and then they showed that there was a guy, there was, like, fun. a shootout. Like, he I couldn't mean, call this, you. This third act is fucking molasses. This is not the third act. No. No. Uh, it's still an hour left. No, no, 45 oh, minutes left. God. Um, this is not the third act. The third how act you, is... How does every I'll show movie, you when. How does every movie you pick have just about halfway through about an hour to half an hour worth of, like, nothing? Every movie I pick needs to have a nice valley of time where I fall asleep for about 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm drinking right here? What? Well, maybe an Aperol spritz for you. <gasps> my god i would love an aperol spritz maybe i'll order aperol oh but we don't have fucking soda water oh we're going through gin and soda water at an alarming well rate. apparently i have to you know, order you know, people gin. are like people are like oh i'm all eating i'm like blah blah like no what i'm doing is just drinking like i'm going hard and fast see this, i had my th- first therapy appointment today in a month and she's like it, it made me really sad because she's like what are you doing now that you love and then I sat there and I went, um, nothing. <laughs> and then I like really started to think about it. And I was like, well, I like, I actually like when I teach. I like when I take my class. I was like, I like when I record the podcast. And then I was like, but I wish, like, I wish I wanted to drink. I wish I wanted to like get high. Like I wish my body wanted mm-hmm. to escape in that way. I feel like I would enjoy myself more. Yeah. I feel, I don't know if the drinking is escape. I think it's just like. Like you, you know in Daredevil, you know Daredevil, where he like loses sight and can like has all his other senses are, hei- are heightened. Me losing stimulus is just alcoholism. Is oh, that's funny. Like, like I went, in, I went, we went and rode bikes over to say like happy birthday to Liz. Also, just an uh, FYI, sorry, you come back to what you're saying. Uh, yeah. We find out that the old woman from uh, All in the Family, who's in this movie, she was telling them that it's a good. They're going to close the store because even though with all that press, it didn't help anything. And then yeah. she talks about the fact that when she was in Spain, she fell in love with a with a general, and then uh, they're figuring out that it was General Simo Franco, and that she was in love with the dictator. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. yeah. And he's like, like it was joke. Franco. That's the guy. That's who she's in love with. <laughs> Anyways, so I use it when you get uh, when you drink. Oh yeah, and then so I, I when said like happy birthday to like Liz, and then Connor had like a. Uh, beer on the front porch and I watched him drink that beer and I was like I want to drink so bad it's like just three in the afternoon just watching someone drink and I'm like oh I just have no other stimulation well I saw my parents uh, cabinet they have a lot of ciders so maybe I might have a cider 
I don't see it happening yeah. though. I don't see it for me. <laughs> I feel. I feel like give like a drink a go and you'll feel. Yeah, I mean, that ball rolling. Like, really been doing vodka parties with Erica, Emily, and Marshall and Tom. Sometimes we have like a, yeah. a Facebook group and we'll go vodka party, and they'll get hammered and they'll be like, "Are you even drinking?" And I'll be like, "Yeah," and I'm not drinking. I just don't. I've I've done a few where I've just like it's like everyone hangs up and it's like one in the morning and I'm just destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like with Alice and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna, like, does Duolingo work? Duolingo is good for probably reading and for, like, if you were to write a test. Okay. But I don't think Duolingo works for actual fluency. Like, an understanding, yeah. Yeah, but don't talk to me. I, I've never learned a language in my life. Like, my mom teaches yeah, I French. I barely do English. Yeah, my mom teaches French. My dad and mom are both Italian-speaking. My sisters speak Italian. I, like, I understand that I just will have to work hard at it, but I believe thoroughly that I don't have the aptitude for it. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to me because it's kind of like I a puzzle. Yeah. And I'm not a puzzle person. <laughs> we know. I'm not a puzzle girl. <laughs> We talked about in the last one. I know. Can't solve puzzles. Oh, yeah, but the gifted program. I'm not a puzzle girl. Um, Yeah, and like I've heard people always say, you'll pick it up. And I was like, no. If I would have picked it up, I spent weekends in Italian as a kid. My nun uh, took care of me. She only spoke Italian. She did not speak English. Like, I I don't speak it. I don't understand it. Like, I know some vocabulary. And like, reading it is easier because... Um, a lot of it is Latin and then a lot of Latin stuff is English. So it's like easy to like put together. There's also like a finite number of Italian words. They like decided what their vocabulary was with like Dante and then, and then (laughs) they just stopped because like a lot of the new vocabulary is English. Yeah. The same with like French of like, I would say most language I am aware of is like, there's not a lot of like new vocabulary. There's a lot of like new English vocabulary, but like, because like new English vocabulary is sticking together words most of the time. It's tech words too. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a very touching scene that we're just talking through. So her 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 store closed. She she saw an apparition of her mother and her as a kid, or she just like you saw her as a kid in the store, and now she's in the children's section of Fox Books. And look at who the little bookseller is in the children's section. Get ready. It's a young Christmasina. What? Do you see how skinnalina he is? He's so thin. He's so skinnalina. My God. And then you know what's is cute is that he went on to star role? in Julie Julia. Yeah. He's in. Okay, he's in the mini project which talks about you've got mail so much, and he's in you've got mail, and he's worked with Nora Ephron. It's just very sweet. It makes me happy. Anyways, do you think young Miss Christmasino picked up? Young Chris Messino has gotten his dick wet. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, what do you think he's like with sex? I actually think about that a lot. A lot of... A lo- what's right? I think about that a lot because I have a big crush on him. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of movement. Oh, yeah. I think he's like very he, good. I've decided. <laughs> no, I, I think he's only got one speed. No. And it is, and it is jackhammer. I think he's short, and I think that's helpful. Because I think he makes up for being short. I'm bored of this movie now. I feel like now we're getting into the third act. Now that she's sold her store. Because now there's the actual love story that happens between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. 
fucking like all of this could be smushed together I know as I watch it now but the thing about this movie is when you talk through it you're missing the nuance and the jokes and the atmosphere no like here's the thing is like it's fun like there's like stuff that's fun in it but like it's just aimless well it's a love letter to Manhattan (laughs) Manhattan's the fifth character it's like the movie Manhattan (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's okay exactly the same as uh, 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 you've got mail only Meg Ryan is Meg Ryan's 18 <laughs> I mean here's this fell here's the deal with Manhattan so my mom taped it off the TV and she kept telling me to watch it and I've watched it and she's like it's so beautiful and blah blah and I was like alright well I'm gonna watch it because no one's here to judge me and yeah it's a lot to take in the first like Five minutes. They're having a double date. It's like Woody Allen, Muriel Hemingway, and the other two. And she goes, "I have to. I have to go home. I have finals." And he goes, "Look at this. Yeah. I'm dating a girl. I'm dating a girl who has homework." And the friends are like, oh, "Woody, <laughs> like it's, it's." Yeah, I think I think I, I think I said this on a previous podcast. Like Manhattan's kind of like a horror movie to watch. It's insane. And it's also like he's so aware of how shameful it is. He's so aware yeah. of it. Yeah. It's also like, it's like a, uh, <laughs> it's like there's like an unreality to it, but then you also know it's like, this is what Woody's fantasy is, I guess. I think so. I mean, that's what he ended up doing, right? I think yeah. she was like 17 when he started dating. No, it's like, what, like Woody's fantasy is that everyone accepts it. Like Woody's fantasy isn't like, even the girl, Lily's fantasy is like everyone's oh, everyone's like, chill with that. Well, I gotta be yeah. honest. Watching Woody Allen at this age, because um, I haven't watched those movies like Annie Hall or, or Manhattan yeah. since I was like a teenager. Um, watching those like seminal, like this is this is his personality movies. I bet you he has such low self-esteem. Like I don't want to, I'm not trying to be an apologist for him, but I think he thinks so shitty of himself. And we're supposed mm-hmm. to laugh at it, that he thinks he doesn't deserve a human person who's fully formed. Yeah. He, he, which is still disgusting and weird. But, like, if we think about, like, the psychology of it, like, you can't really judge someone when you're, when you're, when you're trying to, like, understand their psychology. And, like, he's just, his insecurities and his, his problems are so obvious, that, and he's made them such a... A shtick, but it's like that man has deep, deep, yeah, issues. Do you think he's made it like a prison at this point? Like he, like he can't even possibly get. I mean, obviously he's very old. I don't think he's going to change his ways. But like, I think it's become like a prison. Like he can't possibly like. It's so much who he is that he couldn't possibly change it. I mean, he could have because I feel like people do change, but maybe that's a more modern idea. Like. I feel like that's why I like like those like changes in security is such a big movement of who he is. I just think does he work on himself really? Like he claims to go to an analyst and all that stuff. That's a part of the joke, but he's not working on himself. It's apparent. No. I don't it's know. It's like ornamental. I don't know. I think about Mark Marin about how Mark Marin changed, but you know mm. what? He's going. He's slipping back. He was riding high for the last, like, five years, and now he's broken up with his girlfriend and the way that he talks on the podcast. I'm like, oh, he's getting... He's getting angry again. So maybe you can never really change. 
This movie has a lot of ghosts in it. Yeah, she's looking at herself as a kid. Dancing with her mother. I don't know, it, it's interesting. I wish we could watch a Woody Allen movie on this. We can. Let's do it. No, no one's gonna we're gonna lose. Let's do it let's do a let's do a double feature. We'll do a Woody Allen movie and then do Louis C.K.'s new special. <laughs> it just would be interesting to like talk about and like figure out. But at the end of the day, it's also such a cliche. So so like Yeah. I mean, we've we've. I'm pretty sure we can edit together all the times we talked about Woody Allen on this podcast and cover it. Just put it. Just say we did it over top of like Stardust memories. Like just, I'm gonna be like no one's seen. Like, I mean, I wish I could watch Everyone Says I Love You. If I'm gonna be totally frank, I really like that movie. It's exactly what I feel like watching I think, right I think now. Star, Stardust memories would be the one that I would want to do on the podcast. I don't think I've seen Stardust memories. Not not many people have, and I think it's in my for my money like. His his smartest movie. Oh, see, I would do Crimes and Misdemeanors because that's like legitimately my favorite one. Crimes and Misdemeanors is a great movie. How like, do I, so like, hold on, we'll talk about this okay. later. Yeah. Keep going. Say what you're going to say. Because Stardust Memories is like, uh, it's him going to like him as a fake Woody Allen going to a film festival of his own work and like feeling overwhelmed and like. It's this weird self-reflective of like the image people have of him and who he actually is. Isn't that funny? And, like, he... The love story that happens within it, but it's also like very funny and darkly funny and, and not in a non-pedophilic way. I think you know what? It might be my favorite one because it's like the least like horny Woody Allen. Yeah, very horny. Like uh, even Crimes and Misdemeanors has a real horny element to it. Yeah, it's funny how he remakes his own movies because Stardust Memory sounds a lot like Hollywood ending. Yeah, it's it's similar, but I think Star's Memory is a little no, no Hollywood ending was than... bad. Yeah. That was when he was in his like era of like terrible, terrible films. But it has a very funny ending where it's like they, it's a nightmare movie. They're filming it; it's not working. They finish it; it's done. It's a huge flop. But then Paris loves it. They're like France. We yeah. always have France, and then that's how it ends. <laughs> so yeah, so Tom Hanks broke up with Parker Posey, and now the dad has mm. broken up with his wife. And they're just talking about their losers. This time, time about how they're gonna like, uh, uh, just there's time about how they're gonna find a younger lady. Yeah. <laughs> just, be, just being like, just being like, ah, oh, she's 25. I mean, and yes, did I date young this year? Sure, but that's different. <laughs> I talk to men that are older, too, and I still find them attractive. <laughs> they just don't find me attractive anymore. It's, it's their fault. You're fine. Yeah, I look great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm beautiful. Don't worry about me and start crying. Are we done this movie yet? No. We're, this is, is now it, we're is getting, there another twist? Now we're getting into the third act. Oh, I'm so exhausted by it. <laughs> so basically what's happening now is um, he's decided that he, the dad basically, they hit rock bottom, broke with Parker Posey, and they're talking about, like on the boat, they were like, who's, I don't know, who's the one person that's going to make you love your life and be the best person? I've never found that person. And then Tom Hanks looks up and that Stevie Wonder song starts playing and he realizes that it's Meg Ryan. So now it's his <laughs> job to win her over after he's made such a terrible, terrible impression. And now comes the manipulation part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the rest wasn't manipulation? 
No, because he left it be, right? He like no. saw that it was her and then and stopped talking to her and then that was that. And so now what he's trying to do is he's trying to win her over mm-hmm. without the internet. He wants to see if she'll like her in real in real life. This is you. This is this is you in character form of just like I don't need to say things like that, but no matter what you've done, I'm just gonna say mean <laughs> things like that. It's like that's you. You being like, no, I shouldn't be this mean, but also fuck you. <laughs> that's a woman's struggle, I'd say. Also, <laughs> Alex, are you aware that there are um, filters on them on Messenger that we're using? And what filters? Uh, yeah. we're do in you a think podcast? There are. Don't <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. A pizza filter. <laughs> yeah. So I, w- I was talking with Connor on... <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> I was talking with Connor with, uh, on FaceTime, and I, we started this running bit that the, I'm so horny for the pizza filter. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sexiest thing I've ever seen. It's when this is done, I'll do a couple of bits for you in that pizza filter. <laughs> do you have it? Do you have that ability? No, I think it's a Mac only thing. Yeah, it's it's only on the new iPad. I don't have it on my phone because my mom has a new iPad. I'm a little princess with my mommy's new iPad. <laughs> You're the worst. If only she puts you in classes. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be unemployed on Broadway. Hey, I'm unemployed not on Broadway. <laughs> Maybe my whole life's been leading up to not being on Broadway because I would have died immediately of coronavirus. <laughs> I think it'd be very, uh, I was doing this joke with a friend, it'd be very funny if like, like when like, cause like New York's the heaviest hit with coronavirus kind of thing, right? That when it's like all over that, um, someone tastelessly does empty table, empty chairs in relation to people who've died from coronavirus. I mean, that was the song at all funerals for AIDS. Yeah. 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 As it's like, like trying to draw that line they're not like gonna tastelessly tasteless. do it they're going to full-fledged they're, they're going to do that alex that's not yeah I g- <laughs> which is that's tasteless that is tasteless it's a beautiful song <laughs> i love late business the next guy this is tasteless what would you do if you were very sick and the man mm-hmm. that put this is literally her klaus schuler let's say because he basically <laughs> put her out of business and she's yeah. not attracted to him at this point. She has nothing but content for, contempt for him. And then he comes and he sits down and makes himself a cup of tea. And I'm there and I'm like so sick. And oh, yeah. I would be get like. Get the fuck out of here. Like, that's what I mean. Like, like, I know how the, we all know how this movie ends. And. Uh, Kissing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like to go from this point to that point in 18 minutes is absurd. You'll find out. Guess what there are? Montage. Montage shows. <laughs> but talking montages. It's not just music. Oh. Stupid. What do you think? What do you think they... Like... Do you think they just start, like, having sex, like, regular ways? <laughs> do you think they try weird stuff with each other? Like, choking? Do you think they role play? Yes. Out of all the kinky things, I think that is actually what they do. Oh no, uh, my Mac's dying. Oh, um, but yes, Alex, they ten million percent role play. Never in my life have I thought about anything more. <laughs> <laughs> I I think. Um. Okay. Yeah. Imagine. 
Like, you're in your bed, and this guy's standing over top of you. Oh my gosh, it's my nightmare. Just harassing you? Like, you wouldn't do this half-smile, Meg Ryan. You'd be like... First of all... Get the fuck out of my house. Right. Her hair is pretty... For that For that hairstyle, to look like that when you're sick, pff, that's called movie magic. Because let me tell you... <laughs> the, the Did you ever can... have the Meg Ryan? Sorry? Did you ever have the Meg Ryan? I just realized it'd be very funny of like a small child with Meg Ryan's haircut. No, I don't think you get it. My hair doesn't do hairstyles. It is what it is. <laughs> don't sigh. You don't know. I j- I'm just now picturing a like eight-year-old with Meg Ryan's haircut, and it's very funny. I did get a pixie cut when I was like in grade three. Or an eight-year-old with a full Rachel is very funny to me. That was more realistic. Just no, just a just a five year old with a Rachel, mom, mom. Well, I remember my sister mom, got the Can you fix my hair, mom? Like, she was in grade six, so it's not much any, not much different. I mean, I see five year olds. I like follow a lot of like fashion bloggers and like hairstylists yeah. on Instagram, and I see their kids with their shaggy haircuts and their cool like colored hair, like they they dye it like blue or whatever with like the fake dye. I see them. <laughs> and you're like, Mom, why did you do that to me? Yeah, they look way better than I did, than I ever will. I feel like you, as a kid, had at some point an insane, like, bull cut or something. Yeah, when I was in grade three, I had a pixie cut. Oh, pixie cut, okay. Yeah. I asked for it, though. We went to the salon. I don't know why I, I asked I, for it. I don't I know why my mom let me do it. I kept mushroom cuts when I was very little. Because I was the only haircut I understood, so I'd sit down. I was like, "What do you want?" I'm like mushroom cut. It's like, "Are you sure?" It's like, "Yeah," because I don't want to like look. I don't know what else to ask for. The children shouldn't have that. They shouldn't have that responsibility to tell the hair. Actually, I, what I knew two hair. things. I knew mushroom cut and mohawk, and my mom wouldn't let me get a mohawk. I mean, I don't really remember. Mushroom cut was pretty much the only haircut that men had. Sorry, boys had. As yes, men. <laughs> Me and my Oshkosh overalls, man. Well, here I am, Lord, knocking at your back door. I like the song. I like Harry Nielsen. Uh, come at me. So now what he's doing is he's making dates with her online. Getting She's getting stood up. And then Tom Hanks comes in and is like, what are the chances of you being here? The manipulation. <laughs> That's an insane plan. That's this is where you start the movie, and then watch. This like, is the where you start the movie. At 50, Fifty minutes in. Yeah, you're right. Not an hour and thirty minutes in. No, it, it, this is yeah. This is your act. This is your into act two. Yeah. And then you're like, third act twist is she figures out the manipulation. Well, I hate to break it to you, but that's not how this movie works. Look, <sighs> this is what I look like with a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and then also he's making the online version of him rude to her yeah he's nagging her real hard man this movie is again this is this is your act two this is when it really comes to life though they actually get to hang out this is why this movie is better than Sleepless in Seattle because in Sleepless in Seattle they never meet until the very end they were sleepless I've been to this place it's closed now it's actually really sad this is Union Square 
No big deal. Oh. Alex, I don't want to brag, yeah. oh but I've been God. to that place. <laughs> Never mind. This was your lowest brag. <laughs> <laughs> Union <laughs> Square funny. Bistro with like, I assume like $15 like pops. <laughs> Is we had calamar baby? That's what they're having. Because the, I was gonna say, is that because that's what they were having? <laughs> Actually, don't remember what they were eating, but you do get fish there because it's a fish you store. Have it's all called pe- you of all people would remember who was eating what. Yeah. In different movies. But I didn't choose this place. See, this is Union so actually, Square. I do know where this is. Never mind. I think yeah, Union Square. That's, <laughs> I've been there too. So that, that place at the back, I point as if you can see what I'm saying, it yeah. is always a pop-up restaurant every season. Mm. What is that? You could never be with someone who had a boat? How do you make that kind of decision? What a high-class life you live that men <laughs> even have boats. What if? Okay, you know what it is? Is that if someone has a boat, they want to go on the boat. And if you just don't like boats. <laughs> that's true, I guess. I guess that's if you have like a fear of water, then you would really think about that. Or you're just bored by boats. Like, like I'm, I'm scared like, of flying, but what am I going to say? I'll never be with a man who owns a plane. <laughs> yeah. I'll never be with John yeah, Travolta. And I, and I'm scared of dying. I'm scared of dying, so I'll never be with a woman who's an undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Evenings and weekends, she wants to just carry bodies down. Do you think Tom Hanks has ever killed somebody? No. <laughs> Tom Hanks has to have some kind of darkness that we're not aware of. No. <laughs> like he fucks weird. Like he fucks we're not how you're going to expect it. Some how he fucks and I just can't figure it out. Either he doesn't do it or it is absurd. He requires a lot of machinery. I think the most romantic Tom Hanks movie is. You ready for it? Go for it. Castaway. The ending of Castaway is one of the most romantic <laughs> movies. The FedEx commercial Castaway? Yeah, when he runs... Is it between him and Wilson, of course? I know, that's the joke. But honestly, at the end, when he runs into to Helen Hunt's arms and they kiss, they have... Woof! woof Helen woof. Hunt has chemistry with everybody. Do you love Helen Hunt? Yeah, she's great. My mom loves Helen Hunt. She's always talking about her in this past... But I think she just recently watched Castaway. Just watched Twister. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Helen Hunt movie she likes. I wonder where this is with this hot dog. Or Pay It Forward. I'm trying to think of other Helen Hunt movies. Was romantic. <laughs> he's lying. No, he's saying if... Wait, he's not lying, lying, but he's manipulating. He's There's trying to get her abound. to say that she likes him so that he's real, He's ready to take the step. Yeah, he's trying to coerce her into a relationship when she hates him. He's nothing but lies. He's duplicitous. Duplicitous. Tom Hanks is a monster in this. I just want to change this movie to the score just being like like a Christopher Nolan-esque drones. <laughs> so it's like, it, it matches <laughs> the horror. <laughs> if I had run Fox books. <laughs> 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 oh my God, look at he touching her shoulder. Ooh, hot for teacher. That's what he is. He's like, you're in high school and you have a crush on your history teacher. And you don't yeah. really know why. <laughs> and then, but then Tom Hanks really gets into the like... No, uh, uh, Tom Hanks does role playing, but he keeps doing the history teacher role play. And he really gets into the history teacher role. Like He's like really teaching her fun history. Yeah, yeah like he's really hour. into World War II. <laughs> yeah, and the moon like, landing. And Apollo 13. Fun history for like two hours. And she's like, are we going to fuck? Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end. 
of this. And then at the end, he's like, I already came. He's like, I'm tired. You can show yourself out. Like, he wants to sleep. <laughs> Please leave. I really like Meg Ryan in this movie, though. I like she wears her little man pants and she looks adorable. She's literally she's, wearing men's pants. And she's fooled for the whole movie. Yeah, she's a real, what's the word? A rube. She oh, a, a rube. rube. Does it, and okay, which isn't put together, they're the same guy. The real thing is, like, why would she go, after that guy stood up technically four times, she's going one more time. She doesn't have a job. She's got time. That's spare. true. You know what? She's she's she kind of yeah. You know what? You're right. I'll, Gets out of the house. I'll forgive it. Also, the last what time I went to New York, I went place? to this place on purpose because I had just watched You've Got Mail like last year, and I was like, "Let us go to this because it says the address of it." Yeah, the 91st Street Garden. <laughs> and my sister lives on 91st Street. Ah. Yeah. Imagine you felt something about this duplicitous man. I've felt lots of stuff about duplicitous men. <laughs> Almost exclusively duplicitous men. <laughs> yeah, some of my best relationships was with a man who was quite duplicitous. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the weirdest kiss. Mm, you don't see any lips. It's hard to tell. No, is that how like, they came in so, like... Yeah, they were shaky. Tepidly. Like, uh, it seemed like they didn't know they were going to do it. Because this is the rehearsal or what? Like the, dog the dog's like, like don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. The dog's like, stop. This was mani- manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you lied to her. <laughs> you lied to her continuously. Get off of her. <laughs> You're going to get canceled. <laughs> get off of her. <laughs> I'm protecting the weak. <laughs> he, can smell, he can smell the tumor that is Tom Hanks' personality. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I, I want to believe that in the reality of this movie, that Meg Ryan is much younger than Parker Posey. So Parker Posey's like, <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think Meg Ryan's got she got she got time on her. All right, get ready. This is my new favorite song. Let's at the end. It's by Carol King. You ready for me to sing it? <laughs> Funny. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening to to watching a movie. You. That's our whole episode. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a movie on Netflix called Love Wedding Repeat that I've yet to watch. Love Wedding Repeat? And you know, you know I'm going to watch it, you son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> I've lost my mind. Uh, at the end of... At the end of the last podcast, you were flying. It was very funny. I haven't heard it yet. I gotta listen. I listen. I tried to listen to the, I, uh, the part so I could like put it on our stories, but um, I might just put the beginning because it's the trick of you making me count down and saying that it's for the editing. <laughs> it is. I, I honestly meant to cut it out. I'm sorry. No, it's funny. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, this was a good time. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy that movie. But I just don't believe it because we didn't watch it in good circumstances. No, the, the, there's fun stuff in it. Like the things that you're saying that you like are like, yeah, I agree with you. That That's fun. But like, I think the movie as a whole, I'm kind of like, this is a little frustrating. And then also like, man, that movie's done 45 minutes in and it really try, It really takes its time to get to the, the two hour mark. You're lucky I didn't make you watch You Pray Love. <laughs> no, you're, you're never making me watch Guess that. Guess how one. long You Pray Love is. Whatever it is, it's an hour too long. It's in two hours and 20 minutes. What the fuck? I usually skip out the prey part when I rewatch 
<laughs> you just eat and love, baby. Yeah, that's all I need. Um. Yeah. Well, I gotta go Wait, because my mom needs to eat, use her pray, iPad. And love. Hmm? Is it chaptered? Eat, pray, and love. It, it, that's the act. Not Jesus. chapter, but that's like the acts that it's in. So eat is when she goes to Italy, pray is when she goes to India, and love is when she goes to Bali. Have you not read the book? No. <laughs> it's a great book, Alex. I disagree. It's a great book, and it's not a very good movie. All right. It's uh, a great book. <laughs> but I think we're good. Are you good? Done. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, I like You've Got Mail. Mm. I will watch it probably a couple more times during this quarantine time. <laughs> That's insane. Hey, man. What can I say? I love Thomas Hanks. And, like, let's ask the eternal question. Like, how do you think he fucks? Yeah. How do you fuck? Yeah, write, write, write to us how you think Tom Hanks fucks. Yeah, because you let us know how you think he fucks. Because, like, my question is, like, you, like once again, I know I know how Christmas Cena does it. Honestly, I know how Greg Kinnear does it. But, like, how Tom Hanks do it? <laughs> how Tom Hanks fuck? All right. <laughs> Thank you so right, much. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Send me both those files. Okay.